welcome to this edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Alex Iversworth back again. So a lot to talk about today. A lot of today's specials, COVID updates, stock up, stock down. Then we go into the Browns-Giants preview, injury report, stat station, keys to win, and players to watch. So without further ado, let's get started. So obviously uh, yesterday there was news broken out that Jason Garrett tested positive for COVID. And uh, he's not going to be play calling on Sunday. will be Freddie Kitchens, who... Ironically enough, was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns for a little bit. Before that, he was the offensive coordinator. Before that, I believe he was the running backs coach. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, it was a couple of years ago, but it's a Freddie Kitchens revenge game. Just like it is for many Giant players. Just like it is for many Browns players. There's a lot to this storyline that many don't realize. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's obviously, you know, not going to be like poised around the media, but it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, Jason Garrett, as I said, he's out. And James Bradbury, unfortunately, he tested positive for COVID either outside the facility or inside the facility. There's something along the lines of him like bringing in a a chiropractor or something like that. And I don't truly know the story. I truly don't understand it because a lot of people are being sarcastic about it or whatever, but apparently it's something to do with this chiropractor or breaking policy or making a new policy. I don't know. Um, That's what I have to say about that, but unfortunately, he is the best piece on the defense, and he is out for Sunday. Our cornerback one is Isaac Yadon, or it could be Julian Love, but I really think it's going to be Yadon because um, Julian Love really hasn't spent any time at the cornerback position. And they'll probably upload Quincy Wilson off the practice squad. They'll probably upload Jaron Williams off the practice squad. But they never got defensive snaps for the Giants. Wilson's being uploaded for the first time since uh, he was with the Jets. And Jaron Williams, he's being uploaded for the second time. uh, But he was mainly on special teams. So, that's just something to keep an eye on. And also, Adrian Colbert will be coming back in probably. A lot of the beat media is saying that he's going to rotate in and out, and he will be that corresponding move for Brandon Williams being cut. Brandon Williams being cut probably because the special teams isn't doing its job, and it hasn't been doing its job. So they said, you know what, let's get rid of this guy. He was one of the gunners, so that has to tell you something about Joe Judge. He doesn't see someone doing a good job. Bye-bye. Just like Mark Colombo, just like a lot of other uh, players on this roster. Stock up, stock down. There's a lot of stock down in players-wise, but I'm going to include a whole group and one other player as well. And here comes the stock up, which I'll get to first. Jabril Peppers, he made a couple of nice tackles for a loss. Was really probably the best player against the Arizona Cardinals, making tackles, reading the offense really well. Um, he wasn't making like these you know, game-changing plays, but he did force a fumble. And unfortunately, Arizona recovered it. But, you know what? I'll give him creds there. He's been a playmaker for this defense. Next one is Blake Martinez. Always doing his job in the run game. Surprisingly, he played very well. I mean, he didn't practice the Friday before. He had a back injury. Spanning back from the Seattle game. But again, seemed to play very well. James Bradbury, again, they had a lot of zone looks. That's why DeAndre Hopkins got over 100 yards. He had 9 receptions for 136 yards. Um, as long as reception was 41, again, they put him in zone a lot, but James Bradbury, again, seemed to do his job. 
key pass breakup in the end zone. I think it was Keyshawn Johnson, his name, one of the wide receivers for the Cardinals. Fourth down, Murray, play action, rolls to the right, throws it. It looks like he's going to catch it, but Bradbury, another pass breakup. Leads the league in pass breakups, or as PFF will call it, forced incompletions. Same thing, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, he sacked Murray. Good for him, you know, a big guy. Getting to Murray is really unlikely unless you have Murray contained and stopped in his tracks. I guess that time, Dalvin Tomlinson did his job with the surrounding defensive lineman. Also, was a factor in the run game. The defense, I'm not going to sit here and, like, you know, say they did an impeccable job. You know, they gave up 26 points, but it wasn't all their fault. The offense couldn't do anything with Daniel Jones, whether he was making bad throws, bad reads, whether the offensive line was killing him, whether it was his hamstring that was killing him, the ankle injury, that's also up in the air as well, or the wide receiver's not getting open because of the conservative playbook and the lack of separation. You know, the defense, I have to give it to them. They've been playing great this whole season. Except for the 49er game and the Cowboy game and the Eagle game. So that's like three games off of, you know, we're 5-8 and eight right now. So that's 10 games that are playing really good defense. Uh, the next one, Wayne Gallman. I mean, how do they not run the ball more? Last week, 12 carries, I believe 57 yards. How do you not go back to him? I mean, the offensive line, yeah, they didn't do a good job. It's not like he was getting sacked in the backfield, meaning Wayne Gallman. He was getting, you know, the yardage he can. He's a tough running back. If you guys listen to Yards Over Expectation, he leads the league or is one of the league leaders in Yards Over Expectation for a running back. Stock down the offensive line. Did a decent job in the running game. Pass game, they couldn't do anything. Whether it was Daniel Jones' fault, you know, they still gave up six sacks. I always incorporate six sacks, no matter what. Because Jones, yeah, two of them were his issue and the fact that he was standing in the pocket so long. But you take away those two, they still give six sacks. I mean, Hassan Riddick totally destroyed the game. Marcus Golden was unblocked, and that also probably goes on the tight ends. And whoever, you know, set that play up or was calling out the protections, which was stupid. Um, almost every lineman gave up a sack. Thomas, Lemieux, Pert, Fleming, Zeitler. I mean, Nick Gates didn't give up a sack, thank God. I mean, he's been, you know, great this whole season, most consistent offensive lineman. So, you know, bad day for the offensive line. And Daniel Jones, he's my next guy on stock down. I will defend him when it comes to the hamstring injury, the lower ankle injury, whatever it is. But he did not play well. I'm not going to make, you know deadbeat excuses for him but at the same time he wasn't playing oh he's playing great with the hamstring injury no he really wasn't I mean I'm sorry uh probably one of my favorite players on this team but again you know he wasn't playing well with or without his hamstring injury sorry uh let's go to the injury report this one's interesting so Darnay Holmes again he's out with a knee injury that thins the corner position even more he's Doubtful or probably going to be out. I think they ruled him out already. Uh, quarterback Daniel Jones, he's questionable with a hamstring and ankle injury. I don't know which one is like more affecting him now. Joe Judge was encouraged by his movements at practice today, or it was yesterday, but they're probably going to have a decision at some point. But right now he's questionable. James Bradbury, obviously COVID-19, he's out. Caden Smith with a knee injury, he is questionable. Evan Ingram questionable with the calf injury it seems that 
Ingram is way too injury prone. Now, this just came up today, and I was doing the injury report, and I was, you know, filling out everything for the, you know, stuff, and I see Evan Ingram on the injury report. I said, where does this come from? Like, I haven't seen it in the injury report all week that Evan Ingram has a calf injury. Yeah, I've seen it in the injury report that Caden Smith had a knee injury, but he was, like, limited, or he was, you know, I don't think there was a day he wasn't practicing, so that just puzzles me a little bit. Um, Obviously... You know, at the corner position, we're going to need to do really well. So, the Browns injury report. One of them is a very key player to this game. And the Giants need to take advantage of the backup at that position, which is right guard. Andrew Sandejo is out with a concussion injury. And you have one of their key players. One of their best players, Wyatt Teller, the right guard. He is out with an ankle injury. So, I don't know. One of the reserve linemen going to come in. I have to look at who. But um, either way, the Giants will need to take advantage of that. And either way, even if he was playing, the Giants needed one, you know, one of the keys of the game is to get to Baker Mayfield. So we'll study that when we go there. But questionable, Denzel Ward is questionable with a calf injury. Kadero Hodge, wide receiver, hamstring injury. Tight end Austin Hooper is questionable with a neck injury. Kevin Johnson, the corner, is questionable with a groin injury. And this one should not be a surprise for the Browns fans. Tight end David Njoku is questionable with a knee injury. So let's go over and go into the stat station for the offense. And I'm talking the Cleveland Browns first. I always do the away opponent before the home opponent, no matter if the Giants, you know, they're playing at home or they're playing away. So for the Browns, they're 11th in total yards, 25th in passing yards, 3rd in rushing yards, and 13th in points defensively. 19th in total yards, 20th in passing yards, 16th in rushing yards, 27th in points. And if I was looking at the stats earlier, and I'm going to talk about offense a little bit here, they don't pass the ball as much as they run the ball, obviously. And they have a great one-two punch in the backfield that we're going to talk about later. Kareem Hunt is the second running back. Nick Chubb is the first running back, which surprises me. But also, you know, this is a great offense. They've really done it well for the first time in how many years with the Cleveland Browns. But um, Alex Van Pelletis, offensive coordinator, run-heavy offense more of the time. Both running backs have over 700 yards. So that is something to keep up it with. Obviously, Nick Chubb, he has been out a couple of games. But he still has, I think, like 889 rushing yards. So we'll get to that later. And obviously, they seem to be a middle-pack defense their um, secondary is probably the weak link. The strong link, though, is their linebackers and their defensive ends. And the defensive line as a whole, we know one key player that will be watching in the keys to win and the players to watch will identify that key player and some of the other key players. So for the Giants, their offense, total yards 31st, passing yards 30th, rushing yards 14th, points 31st. No surprise there. Defense. 11th in total yards, 17th in passing yards, 7th in rushing yards, points 10th. So let's get to the keys to win. My number one is contain Miles Garrett. Now you're going to have an opposite rusher that's going to be Olivier Vernon. And in my opinion, I wouldn't worry about him too much. And I'll get to that in a little bit. And I know I'm upholding the topic. So just keep that in mind. But Miles Garrett, he's a powerful rusher off the edge. 
He tends to destroy games. I believe he has like four forced fumbles this season. Here, I got stats right here. 36 tackles, 9 tackles for loss, 10 and a half quarterback sacks, 15 quarterback hits, 24 quarterback pressures, 4 forced fumbles, and 2 fumble recoveries. So he is powerful off the edge. And going back to 2018, he's had double-digit sacks. He even had double-digit sacks last year before he got suspended for hitting Mason Rudolph at the helmet. Honestly, thought the Browns started that one, but uh, that's a different topic. Um, I had defend against the run. I think the Giants can do that, but number two, we're going to need to defend against the pass with our starting corner out. It's not going to be easy, and I have total faith in Patrick Graham. I really do for him to at least set up a plan, whether it's going to be McKinney in the slot or Love playing cornerback, which Ryan Dunleavy said that might happen because they were giving him reps there today, or Yadon playing somewhere. I have faith that he's going to set up a game plan. But, in my opinion, in my honest projection, this offense is going to be as stale as ever. Screw the fact that we have a different offensive coordinator for right now. The game plan is the same. Freddie Kitchens may stay the same. He probably will stay the same when it comes to the offense. So, don't expect anything to change. And they're going to try to run the ball down their throat through a middle-of-the-pack defense. If the Giants can do that, fine. They ran it down the throats of a third best rushing defense back two weeks ago so let's you know let's keep that in mind but running the football ain't gonna do it all the time and in my opinion that might just dry the mouths of the defense and when I talk about drying the mouths I talk about it's gonna run the defense you know they're gonna get dry in the mouth meaning that they're gonna get tired of it and when it comes to the Giants and drying their mouths and not drinking any water in that case, I'm talking about that the defense is totally just going to slowly give up. And that's not their fault. They've been playing hard all season. They're going to start to give up more yards. They're going to dry out. And, you know, they're going to tire out. Because this offense can't do anything. And honestly, that's my projection for this game. If they get yards, if they get points, good for the offense. The more the merrier. You know, that's when the defense needs to show up and show that's when the defense needs to show up and support them. But if it's like 10 points that we get off the Browns defense, if we don't even get a touchdown, then the defense has every right to give up how many points. I mean, this Giants team has stayed in the game, you know, really stayed in there other than two games this season. So, you know, it all comes down to the defense and how the offense plays. Offense has been poor all season. Um, let's see. Number three, and that's what I'm talking about right here. Get something going on offense and win a time possession. And it looks like the Giants will have to do this with the running game. And either way, if Daniel Jones plays, which I don't think he will, or Colt McCoy plays, you know, another revenge game guy, they're going to be running the football heavily. And as I mentioned, this is a middle-of-the-pack defense. But they have playmakers. B.J. Goodson, he's been playing well for them. And he's a former Giant, so this is going to be a revenge game for him. Ty Davis on the other side, Olivier Vernon. I'll talk about him in a bit because it's a common theme. But, you know, you got to get some offense going. And if you don't, we'll be embarrassed on national television. And, you know, when originally we were on, you know, announced on Sunday Night Football... I was screaming for joy, jumping for joy, because Sunday Night Football is my favorite prime time. 
Thursday Night Football, yeah, it's great and all, but it's mostly used for, like, divisional matchups, you know, and in-state matchups, like Dolphins-Jaguars. That was a terrible game. Also, you had the Giants-Eagles game on there. You had a couple of rivalry games on there, so that. And then Monday Night Football, they have rotating announcers, which really, you know, doesn't, you know, it doesn't interest me, you know. The last couple of years, I think Sean McDonough should be doing it, but he went back to college football. But then it was Joe Tessitore, and then now it's Brian Grease, uh, Steve Levy, and Lewis Riddick. So, but, you know, they've gotten better on Monday Night Football. But, you know, Sunday Night Football, it's still my favorite. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, you know, the remarkable crew, Michelle Tafoya, all those guys and gals. Have to remark that as well. But Giants seem to run the football and execute on offense and win the time of possession. They lost time of possession by a whole quarter. Now, literally, when I say that, they didn't have the ball for a quarter. That's not what I mean. What I mean is they were off by 15 minutes in time of possession. They had 37, we had 22. That ain't going to work. Especially when the defense has to stay on the field against an offense that's probably one of the best. And especially the running game that they have. And don't say, oh, you know, the passing game is 25th. Don't underestimate. Because their targets, they're pretty good. And a lot of people don't give them credit. So my next player, I already went after Miles Garrett. Or went over, I should say. Uh, Next one's Nick Chubb. 150 rushes, 881 yards, 5.9 per carry, 97.9 per game, 977 scrimmage yards, because obviously he could be used out of the backfield and nine rushing touchdowns. He's their lead back, and if you don't have him and he gets injured, I honestly need him for my fantasy team this week because I'm in the uh, I'm in the thing before the semifinals, and he's on my fantasy team. So is Kareem Hunt. So I'm kind of wishing that he gets some yards, but also I want to see development out of this Giants team. So I want to see how they play it, though. But I'm projected to win either way, so I could just root for my other fantasy team players. But the next guy, Kareem Hunt, obviously everybody you know likes to make fun of him because the kicking incident. But I think he's learned from that. 177 carries, which is more. 772 rushing yards, five touchdowns, 4.4 per carry, 59.4 per game. When it comes to rushing yards, again, one-two punch, probably one of the best in the NFL. Honestly, I can't really think of one more that's actually better. But, you know, one-two punch out of the backfield, they're third in rushing offense. So you know they're the real deal. You know that. And I think it's Chubb or Hunt. One of them is going to be utilized as a receiver out of the backfield. So you may want to watch out for that. Baker Mayfield. He has developed to be one of the best throwers on the run. Just keep that in mind. So the defense, in that case, they need to get to him. You know, use those big, fat defensive linemen, push him out of the pocket. Maybe the linebackers could keep contained and get him to the ground. He's not Kyler Murray. He's a great thrower on the run, but he's not Kyler Murray. We're just going to skip all over the field. As Chills of Adonis likes to say, Kyler, do you look like a fifth grader? And it's funny, especially when he does his commentary, but that's a different topic right now. But 23 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 2,785 yards, 62.3% completion, 96.6 quarterback rating. My next key, my next player to watch is the whole offensive line. And obviously, 
why Teller's not playing, but you have a very good offensive line. Probably one of the best in the league. Jedrick Wells, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Jack Conklin at the right tackle. I don't know who's going to be at their reserve guard, but you know they'll probably play better. Bill Callahan's their offensive line coach. He's old school. He's been in the game a very long time. If I'm not mistaken, he's close to 70. And the reason he didn't come here is because Jason Garrett's the offensive coordinator and they had shit going back to Dallas. So that's a determining factor. And we hired Mark Colombo. But that's a different story right now. Uh, Jarvis Landry, he's the number one receiver now that um, Odell Beckham is injured. And that's why, you know... A lot of people poised this before the season saying, oh, this should be a primetime game, OBJ, you know, coming back to uh, New York. Well, they didn't poise it as a primetime game, and I wanted this on Sunday Night Football. I don't know when I said it, to be honest with you, and I remember saying it, trust me. A lot of people, you know, were saying, oh, this shouldn't be on Monday Night Football. This shouldn't be on Sunday Night Football because, you know, uh, the Giants will get crushed. You know, it's not going to be a good primetime game. Chief Saints could honestly take over this game because it's a better matchup than Drew Brees is playing, but that's a different story right now. Uh, but Jarvis Landry is the number one receiver. 60 receptions, 720 yards, only two touchdowns, which surprises me, and 12.1 yards per reception. He's only had one over 100-yard game this season, which happens to be against Jacksonville. Eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. And what really surprises me is in with the last three games, those two touchdowns come. So he hasn't had touchdowns even you know when OBJ went out. Which really surprises me, but that shows you, even if they get it to the other receivers, it shows you how much they depend on the running game. So if the Giants stop that and they get pressure on the quarterback, they can do something on defense. Rashard Higgins, he's their second guy. Uh, 31 receptions, 468 yards, 4 touchdowns more than Landry. Uh, he had touchdowns going back to week 5, week 6, and then the last two weeks as well. So again, um, you could cover him any way you want, even if like... Um, Bradbury was playing. He's their second receiver. You take away their number one, when you have Bradbury, they're going to go for the number two, the number three targets. And the number three target, I'm about to say his name right now, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Ten receptions, 238 yards, two touchdowns, 223.8 yards per reception. I don't know if he's their number three or the number four, but the last two games, I really identified that he's been better as a receiver because they weren't really utilizing the first part of the year. Last two weeks, two receptions, 92 yards against Tennessee Titans, one of them being a touchdown. And then last week, three receptions for 74 yards. Pretty sure he got more than Landry. But also shows you he's depending on other targets. And they had nine combined rushing touchdowns, I think, last week. You know, going back to the Monday Night Football game against the Ravens. So that shows you in the next two weeks how run-heavy both of these teams are. Both of these teams, you know, they don't pass it a lot. I mean, Baker, yeah, 23 touchdowns. But, you know, they don't pass it a lot. Lamar Jackson, he's not breaking any records in the passing game. It's all in the running game. He, he shows you a lot in the running game, not the passing game. So my next player is Olivier Vernon. And may question why he's on this list. You may question why I have shit to say about him. So he has 26 tackles, 8 tackles for a loss, 1 forced fumble, 7 sacks, 17 quarterback pressures, and 12 quarterback hits this season. And you could say, wow, those are good numbers for a secondary rusher. They're inconsistent. What was the biggest problem other than injuries? And he was injured part of this season as well. Don't worry. What was the biggest issue or second biggest issue that pertained to that with Olivier Vernon on the Giants? Why did we trade him? Because he's so inconsistent. He is. 
And I'll show you right now. I'll give you proof. So, recapping, his first game was Cleveland-Baltimore. He was injured uh, weeks 2 and 3. And then he was injured week 9. And then he played the rest of the way. So, his first two sacks came against the Raiders in week 8 when they lost. Then, about a week, two weeks later, he gets three sacks against Philadelphia. Then, weeks later... He has two sacks against Baltimore, obviously, the game on Monday night. So, looking at the stat sheet, and you guys can look this up on Pro Football Reference or whatever, it shows the inconsistency. You know, one quarterback hit, the most he's gotten when he doesn't get a sack is one quarterback hit. Actually, two, because, you know, against Jacksonville, they won 27-25, almost losing that game, and I don't know how that's a trap game, but people classified it as a trap game. But my point is... You know, he's inconsistent. And this is not just, oh, you know, uh, a theme with the Giants. It's a theme with the Browns. It's a theme with him as a player. I don't know. I probably have to look at, go back and, you know, see what he did in Miami. But it shows inconsistency. So we don't know if he's going to break out. We don't know if he's going to stay silent. So that's, you know, another player to watch. Next player to watch is Sheldon Richardson, 53 tackles, 5 tackles for a loss, 4.5 sacks, 17 quarterback pressures, the same as Vernon. And it is tougher to get to the quarterback from the interior because you have bigger guards. You have more, I would say, stronger guards. You know, tackles are more speedy. Well, not really speedy, but they're, you know, speedy more and they're faster more than the guards on the interior. You know, that's the difference. And they're quicker because you need a quicker tackle. You can't, you know, use a quicker guard. I mean, you can, but they have to be strong as well. My point is... Sheldon Richardson, 17 quarterback pressures, same as Vernon. That just shows you how consistent Vernon is. You know, Vernon's on the edge. He's played many bad offensive lines with many bad tackles. He hasn't gotten anything. Meanwhile, Sheldon Richardson is coming from the interior. It's kind of like, you know, some of our edge rushers in the past with our defensive linemen. You know, Leonard Williams coming from the interior, creating all these pressures, and edge rushers don't seem to do a lot, but our scheme is different from theirs. You know, we use ours rotationally, and we scheme a pass rush. These guys, it seems like, you know, pretty simple defense. I mean, it might not be, you know, simple, simple, but it's not like, you know, Patrick Graham's scheme. That's what I'm going to say. Well, it's not really Patrick Graham's, it's really Bill Belichick's. So, that's pretty much it for this episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, episode number 71. Thank you guys for supporting. Thank you guys for the engagement. Hopefully... I want to go on Pizzle's channel on Sunday night if he lets people on and if we win or if he either lets people on at halftime. Uh, I want to be on that channel. It's always fun with whoever he's on with, either Sox Arizona, who I'm going to be collabing with in the future, whether it's uh, Nicole, whether it's you know other Giant fans as well. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, but you know the next couple of weeks are going to be telling for this football club as you know other people would refer to and I always go back to the one meme but that doesn't matter right now thank you guys for supporting thank you guys for staying with me rocking with me and we will see you on Sunday we'll be streaming pre-game in the afternoon on Sportscaster most likely to talk to some of you guys if not and if you don't see me see you on Tuesday it probably will be a loss but anyway go Big Blue hope for that win Colt McCoy revenge game